You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schistler, your host of the Weekly Business Hour. I welcome you to this week's version of the Weekly Business Hour. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. The Weekly Business Hour is where Montgomery County and businesses, in fact, throughout the world now, come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve your business, and be a part of conversations that can make a real difference in your business. So we hope you're here today to learn because I think we're going to have a lot of good ideas that potentially can help your business. The show is sponsored by OneBestConsult.com. That's the number one, BestConsult.com. OneBestConsult.com is where you find common sense business advice, a community of small businesses. I encourage you to visit OneBestConsult.com if you have a chance. I personally am the founder of this website, and I've taken over 40 years of business experience of starting, buying, developing, building businesses and selling them, and I put it on that website. Now, that sounds interesting to you. I think I'd take a look, but we have a lot of great conversations, and if you'd like to talk to me personally, you can do it through OneBestConsult.com. And that reminds me, if you have a comment during the show or even after the show or a question or concern, or you've got a question about your own business, reach out to me. Uh, My email, OneBestConsult at gmail.com. Or if you'd rather talk to me by phone, my phone's always available, 832-699-2132. Let me give you a quick rundown on the show today. Our special guest, we're going to continue our conversation with Ashley Easterwood, the founder owner of Springwoods Marketing, about digital marketing in our Soup to Nuts series. In our Did You Know segment today, I'm going to talk about how much are the new trade tariffs affecting your business. And I'll close out today's show with my One Best Consult Tip of the Week, a shortcut to productivity. So I encourage you, sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take some notes as we talk about everything business here on the Weekly Business Hour. And let me remind you that if you want to re-listen to part of the show or you want to go back and listen to a previous show, they're posted on Facebook. So I encourage you to like us on Facebook. We have the Weekly Business Hour page. Appreciate the like, and you can also set up an alert when a new show is posted which is typically on Wednesday following the show, it will alert you the show's posted. You can take a look at the guests. You can take a look at the topics. And if something cues your interest, then you can go take a look and listen to the program on Facebook. Please like us on Facebook at the Weekly Business Hour. Well, that brings us to the heart and soul of the Weekly Business Hour, and those are our conversations. And today we're going to continue our conversation with Ashley Easterwood, the owner, founder, of Springwood Marketing, and we're talking about digital marketing. Uh, We had a great conversation last week that kind of opened up and gave us uh, an introduction, talked about SEO, SEM, some of the basics. Ashley, welcome back to the program this week. Thank you for having me. Well, I think we had a really wonderful conversation. Uh, You and I were laughing after the show. We got about through about half of what we thought we'd cover, uh, but a lot of great information. I've had people compliment the show Uh, because of the conversation and what they were able to learn about it. Let's kind of rewind just a tad and let's talk about to me what the heart and soul of this subject is. And that's digital marketing strategy that you and I both very much believe that every viable business today needs to have some kind of digital marketing strategy. 
Share with us why, in your opinion, that is so important to every business in today's world. Well, with digital marketing, there's so many different options and different things that you can do. Um, People, when I tell them that I do marketing, that I have a marketing company, usually the next question is, well, what type of marketing? And specifically with digital marketing, there's social media, there's websites, there's so many different things, videos. So if you haven't sat down and actually tried to develop a plan or discussed it with a consultant, there may be a lot of things in your head that you feel like other people know, but you need to have a plan so that you can decide who your audience is and how you're going to reach those people. You know, that's one of the things that is I was preparing for today's show and listening to our conversation last week, uh, a tape of it, and is that even on my own, when I go to the web and I look at websites, I'm checking out businesses, whatever, personal or for my business, whatever, I'm amazed how many people really have not invested or invested very little. It's obvious the way the presentation of the website and what it says and how easy it is to look at all those basics that go into having a good website. They've got a great business on one hand, but their website just does nothing to tell that story. Right. Why do people do that? I think a lot of people are intimidated um, just to sit down and take the time. Or they say, especially with a small business, people will say, I don't have time to do this. But what they don't realize is by not developing a plan, you're actually wasting more time and more money because you're putting efforts into something that isn't focused on an end goal. So you really need to sit down and discuss what you're trying to achieve. You need to identify your audience. Um, If you're trying to target your product or service to someone who is 50 years old, you're going to approach them a lot differently than you would 18 to 20 year olds. These things seem just very basic to a lot of us, but really you need to sit down and think about those plans. Um, a lot of times too, people just, they, they think about developing a plan and it just seems too daunting, but you don't have to start from scratch. You can reach out to a consultant or you can just do a Google search and there are hundreds of templates that are available to you. And the template may be 50 pages, but you don't have to use all 50 pages. Usually they're Um, develop so that you can see all of the options that you would need in a plan, but you pick and choose what is specific to your business. And just going through that process alone will help you identify what you need to do to develop your marketing strategy. You know, it's, to me, it's kind of like leaving opportunities on the ground. You're not utilizing opportunities. You build a great business as far as the business, how it serves people, great product services, whatever. And then you're not telling your story. Right. And it's not that hard, is it, to tell a great story? No, it's really not. Um, You have to think about the content and how you're going to put it out there to people, but that is your voice. Um, We actually just wrote a blog article for Springwood Marketing recently, and it was called Finding Your Voice. And we can be the voice of your business, and your voice is put out there through your website and through social media. If you have an email, it goes out that way. And then physically, if you're out out in the community doing sales, there's a lot of ways that you need to find your voice as a business. You know, there's one thing you mentioned of finding your voice, uh, but one thing that when I, uh, in the reluctance part that you discussed, which I think you're dead on about that with a lot of people, when I had my businesses and developed them, uh, advertising up until lately 
was more traditional print, uh, you know, type advertising, newspaper, magazine. And the thing that always bothered me was that there was no way to really truly measure the effectiveness of the dollars. In other words, to sit down and find out what the value other than, well, I have new customers, you know, it was very hard to measure. Right. But now we have things like Google Analytics. I mean, that gives a lot of measurements. Let's talk about that. Tell us a little bit about Google Analytics and why it can be so important uh, to the small business and their digital marketing strategy. Okay. Um, Google Analytics is something that you can easily put onto your website, and it allows you to track the people who are visiting your site. You can see where they live. You can see how old they are, which pages they're going to, the order that they went to different pages, and how long they stayed on those pages. And that's very important. And reviewing that, what we typically do is sit down quarterly with clients and look over their analytics to see what's happening. Um, another important thing to remember with your marketing strategy and your marketing plan is that it's a living document. So when you sit down quarterly to review your analytics, that may affect your strategy and what you're going to do in the next quarter or the next year. You know, it sounds like a win-win thing because now if I'm doing digital marketing, I have a way, in fact, there's a number of ways, but Google Analytics probably being the most popular to really see that I'm getting the bang for my buck. Right. that I want to get. In other words, create that value and measure that value. And like you said, most importantly, in my opinion, be able to adjust where I'm at by looking at those those numbers. How does somebody go about, I mean, you putting my Google Analytics, I mean, what, tell us a little bit more about it because it's kind of a mystery, I think, to some people, all these different numbers, which you mentioned some of the categories. So, what is it that I need to do as a business owner to establish myself on Google Analytics? I mean, can I do that myself or do I need to go out and find someone to help me? What's the best way to approach that? Well, it really depends on how digitally savvy you are. Uh, the process of getting set up with Google Analytics is fairly simple to someone like me who works on websites. Um, you actually just request a code and put it on the pages of your site, which if you're not able to do that or you're not comfortable with putting things onto your site, you can hire someone. It typically only takes about an hour or two to get everything set up. And from that point, anyone with the login information can actually access the analytics. So you don't have to continue to pay someone to manage it for you. There's no fee to Google. It's a free service. And you just log in and actually look at the data and see where your traffic is coming from. And it does tell a great story. It's something I've tried to educate myself on a bit, a bit as I've learned in the stories that are told. And it's kind of like your financial numbers. If you can even compare them to other people in your industry to see if your website's really performing like it should. Well, let's talk about some of the content. I mean, content, I keep reading here and there, and they sort of dance around it, in my opinion, in the press over the last few years. It was content is king you got to create your own unique content, which to me, that's a, that's a scary thought for most of us in business. How do we write this stuff? Uh, even go out and hire someone to write it. Talk about where content is today in, in the World Wide Web and in digital marketing. Where does it fit? I think that content is extremely important. What's changed recently, though, is that text is not the only form of content that we're using. So the text that you put on a blog or on your website, there's a lot of different important elements that go into it. Focusing on specific keywords or elements is definitely important. 
But from there, you need to share it out to social media, which has completely changed the game. So just sharing an article to social media is not enough anymore. And depending on the different platforms that you're using, you also need to incorporate video or images, sometimes just a picture. Other times it could be an advertisement or a graphic. So we've just extended from content being text to all of the other different types of digital media that we can use now. You mentioned video, and that's something that I see when I'm out there on the web and when I'm trying to educate myself what to do. Uh, video just keeps popping up, popping up. And I saw something the other day. Yeah, it's you know several years old, more or less, as being really out there. But they projected that it's going to be with us for a long time. In other words, the importance of having video in our social media, in our web presence. Talk to us about video and why it's so darn important. Well, it became very important recently with Facebook Live because that's allowed a lot of people to shoot their own videos. You don't have to hire someone to come shoot a commercial and pay thousands of dollars per minute to create that video. I can go create a video when I leave this show and it's up instantly. So it just, it allows everyday people to put more content out there. Um, a few weeks ago, there was actually a change on YouTube that a lot of people may not know about, and they're actually allowing you to invite your friends. And this is, I believe, directly related to Facebook Live because people are putting videos on YouTube and then sharing it to Facebook. Well, now they're taking that step out. So you can go directly to YouTube and have your friends on there. And also, um, YouTube is owned by Google. So again, with your content, the same way that we would look at a blog article where we're adding meta tags and focusing on specific words, you can actually do that in YouTube now to help with your organic SEO on your website. Boy, lots and lots of changes. There's no doubt about it. Constant change is the byword of anything, in my opinion, on the internet, web, and social media. Well, Ashley, believe it or not, we've run our course in our first session. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a short commercial break. We're going to come back, and, and one of the things I think is really important as we talk about content is the uniqueness of your content as it relates to your business. We'll start off there when we come back, so please stay with us. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension. 
helping Texans make lives better. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're in the next segment of our program. We're having a great conversation today with Ashley Easterwood, founder and owner of Springwood's Marketing, talking about soup to nuts, digital marketing. Well, Ashley, when we went to break, we were talking about content. Uh, and again, a scary word for many of us is, well, I don't have any original ideas. I don't know how to write. I don't, you know, what do you mean content? Which it's a lot more than text, as, as you touched on. But unique content creation, whether it be text, video, images, is really important. Share with us why it is so important that we kind of suck it up and try to figure out how to do some unique content creation. Well, going back again to social media, um, that's the way that one of the primary ways that we get our content out there. And there's so many people who are on Facebook, who are on Twitter and LinkedIn, and they're always looking at their phones. So if you're not putting content out, then your business or your products and services are not in front of them. And the way that we get in front of people is by posting text or posting some sort of picture or video. So we always have to be thinking about what we can put out there, but also what's interesting. And again, that goes back to developing your plan and your strategy. If you don't know who your audience is, you don't know what's going to be interesting to them. And one thing that we want to do is actually engage the user. So not just putting out content, but putting out something where they might actually make a comment and then we can reply to them and start a conversation. You know, I think that's one of the things that people uh, really forget is there's so much content out there and that we as human beings, regardless of our interest or disinterest in this social media phenomena, uh, everybody's looking at something at some point about it and it, you've got to, you're fighting your way to get to the front of the line, so to speak, or like you say, where it's interesting. Because once I have found that many people, once they like what they see, they tend to look for you again, which if you're promoting your business over a period of time, uh, you want people, and like you say, you want them to make comments. What are some of the ways, in your opinion, how I can make, I'm a small business, don't have a huge budget. Give us a few tips, if you would, about how we could make ourselves stand out a little bit in the crowd. Well, I think one of the misconceptions right now is that you have to post all the time. And what I like to point out to people is you need to find balance in your posting. So I've had people ask me for a quote for how much it would cost for me to post four or five times a day for them. And I just tell them no, that we won't post that many times. just because people hear that content is king and they think, well, I need to be in front of people constantly, it's, it's really just a misconception. If you have less than 10,000 followers for your page, then you should not be posting more than once a day. And typically, I don't want to post more than a few times a week for people because you want to stay in front of the potential customer, but you don't want to annoy them. So even if your content is great, if you're constantly putting it out there, People aren't paying attention to it because it's too much. So again, this is where the analytics also come into play. So you can see if I'm posting twice a week or if I'm posting five times a week, how many people are engaging with what I'm posting. It's important to have great content, but it's also important to put it out there in such a way that people are going to care to look at it. Would it be fair to say I could use the analytics to measure and sort of find that happy medium 
of where my potential clients or customers are going to be satisfied with what I'm providing them. Absolutely. Because it also depends on the industry and what you're actually trying to market. We have a lot of oil and gas clients, and I've said this before on the show, we're not posting every day for them because people don't care to look at valves and things like that every single day. Um, A lot of times you can just post once a week or every other week. Again, it depends on your industry. If you have a retail store or if you have a restaurant, you're going to post a little bit more. You want to post pictures of your customers enjoying your product. But developing that strategy is so important. So you have a plan for how often you're going to post. And within that plan, you can be consistent. And that's another place where people kind of fall off the wagon. They get excited, and if they're managing their social media themselves, a lot of times they'll, they'll post, you know, five or ten times in a week, and then we don't hear from them for two weeks. Well, they created the content, so they could have spread that out over a month and had some consistent posts and gotten more out of it. You know, that brings me to a question. Um, if I've got a piece of content, uh, how often should I post that piece? Is it, is it a one-shot thing or do I post it two or three times over a period of time, the same content to make sure my readers or the folks I'm trying to reach do see it? Because again, there's so much clutter. Well, one of the ways that you can go about it is if you write a long blog post, for example, you only need to post it one time to your website. And when you do that, you're focused on your specific keywords and the density of those keywords within the article. But what you can do is get more out of that blog post by segmenting it. And you can create maybe four or five different social media posts for that one event or that one blog post and just feature different things that are focused in that article. So you need to also think about how much time you're putting into creating the big piece of your content and then how you're promoting it. And social media is changing, again, with how we promote our big videos that we do or a big important article that we post. Let me ask you that. There's, there's lots and lots of different platforms for social media. Let's talk about those for a minute. I mean, I mean, there's just so much stuff, even in all these platforms. But talk to us a little bit about the different social media platforms and how we should utilize them. Well, the one platform that I recommend to any business is Facebook because that's where the most users are at, regardless of the industry. And some industries don't want to use Facebook, but I think it's important to put that into your strategy. Um, If you're selling to other businesses, you have to have a LinkedIn page. That's going to be the best one for you. If your business is something where you have a product that it's important that people see what it looks like, then you should probably get an Instagram account. If you're putting videos out, you obviously need YouTube. So another question that I often get is how many different platforms do I need to have? Um, At Springwood, we post to four or less because you can have too many platforms and then you're stretching yourself too thin and you're not focused on your specific market. So typically we recommend three or four. Like I said, Facebook's a big one. Twitter is another one that regardless of if you're B2C or B2B, you could probably get some value in. Um, If you're selling to consumers, you probably don't even need to be on LinkedIn. Again, that's your business one that you're focused on. But a lot of people who um, have actual products that people need to see, they have to be on Instagram now. And it's linked to Facebook. 
So if you're paying for boosting on Facebook, you can link it with your Instagram account and view the analytics as one complete platform. That's interesting. Now, that's another thing is that these platforms, uh, well, they're being bought out. So they're, they're merging constantly or connecting constantly. And that's just one more thing to keep up with, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> another reason why you may need to hire someone to help you keep everything organized. And I do feel that uh, one of the big challenges as you put your digital marketing strategy is the efficiency of putting your message out. Like you said, your position is at Springwoods, you do four or less platforms, recommend that for your clients. It's the efficiency of putting that out there, not just throwing it out to the world and hoping some of it sticks. And also you may need to remember that when you're posting to multiple platforms, you don't always post the same way. So sometimes people will say, I created this picture and text to go with it, and I'm just going to post it to all of them. And that's not always the best approach because different types of people are using different types of platforms. Your younger people are on Snapchat, and you're not going to talk to them the same way that you would someone on LinkedIn. So keeping in mind that even though it's the same piece of content, you may need to put it out there in a different way is also very important depending on the platform. Well, my final comment on content uh, is, and we'll move on to some other things, but again, uh, resistance, concern, uh, people shy away from the content uh, aspect because they're not writers, they don't think they're creative, whatever it is. But the reality is you've got a lot of content within your business already. uh, And and you just have to look around and tell your story. But the idea being that to me is, when you mentioned it earlier, is break it down into pieces. I mean, and another part of digital marketing strategy is some kind of calendar that you develop. So you kind of look forward. It's not just a knee jerk every week or every month. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Typically what we do is we develop a monthly calendar and that allows us to have a plan for our posting and it allows our client to know what we're going to be posting for them so they can review it all at once. We sit down with them for an hour and say, this is what we have in mind. Are you okay with it? And some clients have trouble developing the content, and so they want us to just write it all for them, and that's perfectly fine. Other people want to be very involved. So you don't have to think, well, I don't need to hire someone because I can write the content. Sometimes you need someone to just keep you in line and keep you consistent. There's different reasons why having a consultant is helpful to your business, and it's not just if you need help writing content or not. Yeah, you make an excellent point there. Well, we've got about a couple minutes left in today's program, and I'd like to wind this conversation down. And you have tips or checklists for an SEO-type checklist. Can we wind down with that and kind of give people some things they can make some notes on as they go out and do the SEO and become more informed about it? Sure. So if you're someone who does want to take a stab at writing a blog or developing some articles for your website – It's important to keep in mind the length of the article. We typically recommend that they be about 300 words. Um, You don't want it to be too long, and you also want the article to be focused on a specific keyword. Sometimes you can have two or three keywords, but try to think of one theme for that article. And the recommended keyword density is 1%, which just seems like a random number, but the point is that you want people to know 
the theme and what you're focused on, but you don't want to say the same word over and over. Because remember, we're always writing for humans and we're writing for Google. So you have to find that balance. The other big thing that I want to point out is the structure of your links. When people write a blog, if they don't go in and adjust the settings of their website, sometimes there's just a lot of numbers and no one knows what that means. If they're searching on Google, your keyword should be in your link. So it's typically just going in and changing a setting so that your date shows and then the title of your article shows as part of your link. That's going to help you quite a bit with your organic SEO. A lot of things to remember, and I'm sure we'll have some more tips. Well, Ashley, I've asked you to come back for a third week. What are we going to talk about next week in the program? I think we still have quite a few things to touch on in regard to social media. We can get deeper into the analytics and also talk some more about the websites and content. So we've covered quite a bit on these topics in general, but there's always more to say. So we'll just have more specific tips next week. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to join us. Ashley, if people have questions in the meantime or would like to talk to you about engaging you, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, they can give me a call directly at 832-663-9195 or visit our website, springwoodmarketing.com. Well, again, Ashley, thank you so much for taking time to join us. And ladies and gentlemen, I hope you picked up a tip or two you can use today. We're going to take our bottom of the hour break. And when we come back, I'm going to kind of recap the program and talk about how one of my clients benefited from some of the things that Ashley talked about today. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongstar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations 
Look up the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler, the host of the Weekly Business Hour. Well, we're at the bottom of the hour, and I'd like to do a quick recap of the things we talked about today. I, people have told me they find that uh, helpful and also give you a particular example of some of the things that we talked about in the conversation with Ashley Easterwood about digital marketing. Uh, today, we talked about uh, different things involving social media, uh, reiterated the need for some kind of digital marketing strategy. Again, you know me, I'm a one-page guy. If you can put a plan together in one page, so don't be intimidated is my point. Don't be intimidated by putting some kind of plan together. And again, as Ashley said, you may need some help and you should be able to find someone to consult with you just to do a small piece of what you need to do and get you started. So don't forget that. Uh, one of the things I think is real important in business in general, and you may have heard me say this before, is telling your story. And to me, a lot of what we're talking about as far as content. Now, there are various forms of content like text and video and images and so on and so forth. But all of those can be used to tell your story, your story about your business, what you do, the people that work for you, your customers, clients, your vendors. I mean, it's not a hard thing to do. And most business owners have a lot of passion and enthusiasm for their business. Some of us are outgoing and otherwise, but it doesn't matter. And I have clients who tell great stories, and a lot of them now have begun to tell those stories. In effect, I think share those stories is the way I look at it on social media, using digital marketing to put bits and pieces of their story out there in a way that it makes people sense, hey, this is a good business. This is a business I might want to do business with. And that's really what you're trying to do. You're trying to entice or encourage people to do business with you. So it's important to be able to tell that story. In fact, I had one client, and I wanted to share this story with you, that I worked with that they had a great business story. And I think that exists in any business, by the way, if I haven't told you that before. We all have a great story to tell. They had a great business story. They'd been successful. They were small business. Uh, they had about 20, 25 employees at that time. Uh, they were manufacturing. They developed some products uh, and resold some other products that manufactured by others. Uh, through their distributors and whatnot, but they'd had a great company. It was growing. The people working for it were growing. Uh, very successful, in my opinion. Been in business about 10 years, and we started working on this digital marketing idea. Uh, eventually, they ended up using a consultant on a lot of it because I'm not into all the detail, but I understand the importance, and they started to share their story, and it was amazing what it did. First of all, sharing the story on the social media some of their employees started to check it out. And all of a sudden, the employees became engaged in the story. Uh, and that lifted morale. I mean, just sharing the story on social media created a conversation in the business. The second thing is they had customers who saw the story as it was unfolding over a period of time on social media and commented back to them. So I think they, they in, what they did, because they were providing great products to begin with, great service and whatnot, is by sharing that story, they solidified, if you will. They enhanced their position in the market, and they started getting feedback from them. And then there were vendors, and the same thing would happen uh, to the point where we started making sure our vendors knew where they could plug in and become part of the social media and hear about the company. 
And eventually we told some stories about vendors, great vendors, people had done things gone above and beyond and delivering things that were needed so we could keep up production. I mean, it's an interesting place to put yourself. I find it fun to do. So I encourage you to be willing to share your story. Take your story. And again, it could be the story of what happens today in your business. It could be the story about the background and where the business came from. I mean, there's stories happening around you as you listen to this broadcast, this podcast. There's stories happening in and around your business to your customers, your clients, your vendors, potential prospective customers. There's all kinds of creative content out there available right around what's happening to you. You don't have to turn on the television or the radio. You don't have to go on the internet to find out what's happening somewhere else in the world. You just need to look outside the window, walk around your place of business, look at what your customer, I mean, it's right there. So again, my encouragement to you, use social media to share a story, the story of the day, the week, the month, your story, your business story a lot of fun to tell that story and let me tell you it's a lot more fun to hear back from people who have heard it and feel good about it and feel good about doing business with you we're going to take a short break now ladies and gentlemen and we come back i'm going to share with you in did you know uh series that i've put together uh the idea of tariffs a lot of it in the business press but it's starting to affect small businesses around the country some on the plus side some on not so plus side so I want to share a little bit with you for a few minutes in the Did You Know segment about how much are the new tariffs, trade tariffs, affecting your business. So please stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress, Texas Raiders, which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift than a flight on a historic B-17? Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, go to b17texasraiders.org or Call 855-FLY-A-B-17. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast. Create your first YouTube channel. And be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com 
or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. You're listening to the Weekly Business Hour, and this is Rick Schisler, your host. Welcome back to our segment, Did You Know? I call this segment, and did you know what's going on with the trade tariffs out there? Many businesses we read about in the press, large businesses uh, like McDonald's, Harley-Davidson, they're being impacted, great stories in themselves. But the trade tariffs affect small businesses like the business that you have, and you may not have felt the effect. You may or may not have felt the effect yet, but there's some folks out there that have, and that several of them have done some unique things. And that's what I want to share with you today. I was reading an article recently uh, written by a lady, Ruth Simon in the wall street journal. It was published on July 1st of this year and talked about the trade wars and their impact on small businesses. So let me share in the few minutes we have in this segment, some of these stories and some of the things people have been doing, uh, Two steel companies or two companies that rely upon steel. And steel has been, for generations, been one of the main focuses of any kind of trade situation, at least the one you most, in my opinion, most commonly hear about. Well, you've got two companies. One has a plant in St. Louis. Uh, they make chain, all kinds of chain used for holding things down, for tire chains, for snow and whatnot. Uh, and the other company is a company that makes steel, rebar, things like that. And the impact has been totally different to these two companies, even though both are located in the Midwest. First of all, a company, Byer Steel, B-Y-E-R, family-owned business, generationally, started over 100 years ago. They have been able to, because since the tariffs went in, and they're the ones who work with rebar, uh, they have been able to boost their prices by more than a third this year alone, raising your prices 30-some percent, an amazing number because they've had an increased demand for steel because of the tariff put on the Chinese steel that was being delivered to this company below their cost, which made them very, very non-competitive. In fact, the demand for their product has is, is gone up so high that the current CEO of the company, uh, Mr. Byer, said that we couldn't even fill orders uh, since we've gone into this situation where we have some protection from the tariffs. He said, we have 180 workers. We're hiring 15 more. Plan to add 20 more. He says, we just can't meet demand. It's amazing. It just was, it just jumped on us once the tariffs went in. That's an interesting, very positive statement. On the other hand, a company, the one out of St. Louis, Lac Leedy, a chain manufacturing company, uh, where they turn rods uh, into chain, they now have higher prices for these rods, right? Because they're making a product from the same rods that the other company, the buyer steel, is making. Their material cost jumped 25% since May, and it's amazing. They have 200 employees. Well, they've had to lay people off. They've laid off 25, including 20 they'd hired in the past 12 months, and they put a hold on a third shift, and they've delayed a million-dollar investment, and so on and so forth. Sales have been growing 25% a year, and now they've flattened out because customers that buy this chain to use in their business to resell it are looking for other sources because the price of the chain, due to the increase in the price of steel, has jumped so much. These are different kinds of impacts, even though both companies work with steel. Some of the things that can affect companies that were mentioned, there were other companies in the article, 
uh, if your company has annual contracts and you're locked into a price, uh, you just got to suffer. Uh, and that was pointed out at a company, Gray Mills Corporation in Illinois, a 55-person company. They can't change the price. And so there, as uh, the president, Craig Shields, said, we're just gritting our teeth. We've got to hold out until these tariffs uh, run their course. But there's nothing they can do about changing their pricing. Another company, Weldwire, they shifted to other uh, products and raw material in making the steel wire that they use because his focus is on to keep growing. They've gotten very, very creative, and that's an encouragement, I think, to anybody. Another company, they outsourced. They did anything they could to outsource and cut down on the need to hire people until things kind of even out, and that's another solution. When you're in a jam, you're in a pricing situation, you can't raise prices, or your cost of material has jumped up so high, then outsource anything you can. He said he had raised prices twice in two months already, but he's afraid about doing it in another price increase or he'll lose uh, customers. And another company, which was interesting to me, is they're growing. Uh, It's a metal company, and they've had a tremendous history, but they're concerned about the impact on the market as a whole from the tariffs. In other words, their products are used in certain industries they think might be impacted by the tariffs, maybe not directly, but indirectly. So they put on hold their expansion plans. They're more consumed on a global scope. So in summary, what I'm trying to say, uh, did you know that the tariffs impact businesses differently and that you have to determine if and when it's impacting your business? And then I believe you got to really get creative You've got to look for other ways. If it's impacted you negatively, if it's been positive, then you've got to meet the challenges of hiring people in a tough employment market because unemployment is so low. I mean, my point, it's a new challenge, but there are obviously ways to work around the challenge. If you can be creative, look around for these stories, see what other people are doing. Don't just sit and cry in your milk. Do something. Use it as a positive in your business if it's affected you negatively, and if you have the good fortune to be a positive impact, look for ways to increase your business and protect yourself from any downside risk. Well, did you know? I hope that helped you. We're going to take our final break for the day, and when we come back, I'm going to offer you my uh, one best consult tip of the week, a shortcut to productivity. I think you're going to find this kind of interesting because to me, it applies to the individual as well as to your business. So stay with us, and we'll be right back with you. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. 
Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Does volunteering at a nonprofit horse sanctuary sound wonderful? Or are you a veteran or a veteran spouse and think trying a peer group session through a local Horses and Heroes equine program might be worth trying? Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary, located in Grand Central Park by appointment only, is home to a growing number of rescued and donated horses. Visit our website at henryshomehorsesanctuary.org or check out our Facebook at Henry's Home Horse and Human Sanctuary for more information. This is Rick Schuster, host of the Weekly Business Hour, and we're in our final segment today. And this is where I like to do what I call my one best consult tip of the week. This week, I want to talk about productivity, uh, personal and in your business, because to me, in a small business, oftentimes these go hand in hand. And the reality is the more productive we are and in our business, the more likely we're to be successful as well as our business to be successful. So being more productive with what you begin to work with on a given day, given week, given month, then the more likely you're to be successful. And at this point, I want to uh, pick up part of an old song written by a country western singer who I always enjoyed, Kenny Rogers. Uh, in this, in his song about the gambler, you have to know when to hold and when to fold. And this is the, kind of the center of what I would like to talk about. You need to know when to hold and when to fold. Uh, because to me, it's very easy to talk about this about when to run with something and when to give it up, but very hard for many people to implement it. Let's talk about some things you could do in your business today and going forward that could make a difference in how you do these things. The first thing is, if you look at successful people, successful entrepreneurs, people in small and large businesses, one of the things some of these really successful people do is they focus on one thing at a time. You know, multitasking, handle many, many things at one time, is a very popular thing to talk about, particularly with all the technology about. But people find if they really are building a solid, good business, focusing on one project, one improvement, one change. Now, I'm not talking about fielding all the questions and challenges you get every day that are part of that day-to-day, but I'm talking about doing the things that will make a difference in your business. Focus on one thing. That's my encouragement. Filter out the distractions. Don't turn left, then right, left, right, because you're never going to be in the center and you're never going to catch up with doing the things that can make a real difference in your own personal life as well as in your business. The second thing is, and gosh, I've heard this so many times in my career as advice to me, learn how to say no when things don't offer a chance to create real value for your company. In other words, look for the opportunities to work on something when it really creates real value. Same thing for your company. Look for customers that create value for your company, meaning they buy products, they pay on time, they're an advocate for your company. Look for those kind of customers. And when approached by a situation that really doesn't offer that, say no. Walk away. Don't be tempted 
to take on a piece of business that potentially will be a very big negative or even a small negative because they waste time and they cut into your opportunity to be productive. Third thing, as Mr. Rogers says, know when to fold, know when to cut your losses and move on. This is very, very important. Too many times I go in and work with a new client and they've got things happening in their business, processes, people, customers, vendors who are just not serving the best interest of the company. Know when to fold, know when to make that hard decision and move on. Another way to look at that, and the fourth thing I want to say is feed your winners. Look for the people in your company. Look for your vendors, uh, even your clients, customers that are winners, people that support your business, that do things the way they should, the right way. If you've got employees, an employee that looks like a real winner, support them, for example, by offering more training. All these things add up, and they help your company be more productive. Uh, Advertising. Look at what you spend on advertising and marketing your business. Maybe cut out the bottom third of what you're doing. Put that money on the top third. Put that money on the top half of what you're doing. Invest where it's going to pay off. And the last thing, and this is just kind of a catch-all, always be willing to learn. Always be willing to ask questions. Don't feel like it's a dumb question. I've never met a dumb question. And, boy, I've asked a bunch of them. But it makes a difference if you stay involved and keep your ears open and continue to learn because then you can turn that around and put it into effect in your business, in your own personal life, and be more successful. Hopefully, my shortcuts to productivity will help you. Be sure you take advantage of one or more of these today and try it out if you're not already doing it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us today. We'll be here next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com at 11 o'clock. Hope you'll join us. Look for a podcast of today's show on the Weekly Business Hour page, either on the website at IRLoneStar.com, Facebook, YouTube. It's out there in a lot of places. Thank you again for joining us, and please stay in touch with what's happening in Montgomery County. I'll get that out if you give me a chance. Right here on Lone Star Community Radio. And until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks.